You are listening to Let Me Overthink About It, where I dive into a series of topics that occupy my anxious mind. I'm Sam Mador, overthinker extraordinaire. In this episode, we're overthinking all about people-pleasing. this week with my sister, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi. I kind of roped you into this, I feel like. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) We are overthinking this week about people-pleasing, and I feel like as sisters, we kind of share, and I don't know if it's a genetic thing, but we kind of share a lot of the same people-pleasing tendencies. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. Um, and actually it's funny because when I was thinking that we were talking about people pleasing, I was like, I just asked Melissa to be on my podcast and she said yes, when she probably didn't really want to. So is this a result of you being a people pleaser? Like you didn't want to disappoint me. So here you are. Honestly, yes. A part of me. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But The other part of me thought, you know, it's a good opportunity to get involved in your podcast because I've been listening and I'm really excited just to be a part of it. So that was most of the reason. But also, yeah, just a little (laughs) bit of people pleasing in me said yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, fair. It's good to be honest, right? Um, And it's funny because I said, you know, I feel like maybe there's some kind of genetic thing. I mean, I think a lot of people are people pleasers. Uh, I'm actually surprised when people aren't, to be honest. But what do you think is at the root of people pleasing for you? Like, is it I I want everybody to like me? Like, what is the the real reason, or where did that kind of start for you? It's funny that you mentioned genetics because um, our mom she was always she always showed kindness. She always wanted other people to be happy. She always put us first over everybody else. And I think growing up in that environment, it's where at an early age, I learned all of that and just her selflessness. Um, And then I was thinking about it too. When I went to school, I remember always wanting people to like me. Uh, I didn't really need to be the cool kid or popular, but I just had that that urge for people to be happy with how I treated them and, and who I was. And um, also, I really, really think for me, it's rooted in conflict. I always hated conflict. So if somebody needed something from me or wanted me to do something with them, I, I wouldn't want to say no. I wouldn't want to disappoint. I wouldn't want to cause any sort of conflict. So I would just say... Yeah, sure. And I think that's kind of where it began at a really early age for me. So that's really funny. Uh, Because I'm just thinking about what conflict is that then creating in you? Right? Like you don't want to create conflict for somebody else. But then ultimately, what conflict is that creating in you if you're doing it just for them and not something that you want to do yourself kind of thing? Exactly. (laughs) And I, I think that's where the whole putting other people first comes in for me, right? I I always wanted, even with the three of us when we were little growing up, and I think being the middle child in a family of three girls, um, I felt sometimes I was kind of in the middle of some of the conflict. And I learned at an early age to kind of not really mediate with you and Kara, but just to kind of 
you know, be the one to solve the conflict, make people happy, make it go away. Um, I always wanted that kind of peace and, and that sort of thing. And I think that's part of it too, right? I try to find ways to make that happen. You were physically put in the middle. And also, I mean, yes, our older sister, Kara, we probably did have more of a like confrontational I shouldn't even use that in the past tense. We <laughs> do have more of a confrontational nature to us than than you ever would, right? So that kind of immediately put you in that kind of middleman sort of or middle person kind of role. Yeah, that's right. And you mentioned mom, and uh, officially, this is the first podcast episode where I didn't bring mom up first. So <laughs> that's that's something. But um, I always wish. I sit and sometimes think about how I wish she hadn't been so selfless, you know, like I, I appreciate that she, her kindness and I obviously, and I appreciate that she instilled that kindness in us and all of that. But I, there's part of me that just sits and thinks, man, I wish she had have done more for her in, in the time that she had. I absolutely agree. And I think about that now, like she, I wouldn't you think of the roots of your, you know, people pleasing. That's where mom kind of came in. And over the years, as I watched mom get older, and as I got older, and I became a mom myself, it was very much making sure that I incorporated some of that like self care stuff too, that I didn't always see mom do. But I mean, really think about it. She looked after others, but I have a memory of, you know, mom doing her exercises every day yeah. and going for walks all the time. And I mean, she did do those little things to take care of herself when I look back on it, but she, she always wanted people to know that she was there for them too. Right. So she yeah. kind of had a really good balance when I really think about that, but I do yeah. know what you mean. Yeah, that's true. And part of the thing that, you know, we she wanted time with us. That was the main thing too, right? So if she's spending that time, that's also part of her self-care in some way, right? If she's doing things with us, going to shows and that sort of thing, that's that's part of her self-care as well. That's right. And I think that's the <clears throat> root of sometimes people pleasing looks like uh, you're you're always putting people first, but also you're you're people pleasing because deep down you want to do some of those things because you know it's important to that person too, right? And that's what mom always did for us. You know, there right. were certain things she would say yes to doing with me that I know deep down she probably had zero interest in, but she would go along for the Shopping. ride too, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, because that's the fine line. And I, so when you think about people pleasing, there's like doing for someone because I mean, there's kindness. You obviously want to make people happy on some level. You don't want it to get to the, to the degree where it's like, you know, martyrdom, yeah. right? There's that fine line where it's like, oh man, like any, if somebody called me a martyr, I think I'd want to punch them in the face, right? Like you don't want to get to that point where it's like, I'm, I'm seen as doing for others, but then be grudging that I'm doing for others, if that makes sense. Right. And I think a big piece of that is, um, you know, I do feel like right now I, I do quite a bit for others and like through work and home and pets and family and friends and it's, it's a balance. Right. But I think it's a difference between that and always talking about all the things you do. Like, oh, I'm so busy. I have this and I have this. And, and I think that's when it becomes kind of tacky, right? I mean, yeah. it sort of crosses that line into, you know, I'm that person who always has to do, right? Um, but some of it's just life. And I think, like, 
we talked about a second ago, mom was a good example of that balance, right? I mean, you have to do and you you do want to do for people, but you do have to do for yourself too. And that's hard to do sometimes. Because I think mom was really good at setting boundaries. Like I don't, I don't have that ability yet, but I feel like she was really good at setting boundaries. Like, yeah, she would do a few things that she didn't necessarily want to do. But I think if, you know, in, in her heart, she really didn't want to. She was she was capable and quite comfortable, I think, saying no to some of those things, too. Because I think boundaries is a lot of it um, when it comes to people-pleasing. Because you need to look inside and say, what is the... What is my motivation for doing this? Is it so that this person will like me or is it because I really want to do it? That's right. And for me, it's funny you say that because for me, I've had lots of examples. I shouldn't say lots, but there have been a few examples in my life of things that I flat out absolutely didn't want to do. And I said yes right away Mm -hmm. because of my relationship with that person, because I wanted them to have what they wanted um, I think about emceeing a couple of weddings. I had a couple of our family members approach me to emcee their weddings, and I said yes, but deep down right away, I, I really didn't want to do it. I didn't think I'd be good at it. I didn't understand why, uh, but it turned out in the end that it was something that I really enjoyed. So sometimes in my attempt to people please, I learned that I actually can do some things that I never would have done before too. So for example, this podcast... <laughs> Right. It's like I I would never think, oh, I'm going to be on a podcast. But I mean, it's it's pushing yourself sometimes. Sometimes the people please and causes me to push myself outside of my comfort zone too. walking in the fashion show that you had asked me to do a couple of months ago. Right. And things like that, that I can say I've done and I can tell the kids and show the kids I've done some of the things outside of my comfort zone. And that's why that stuff is sometimes important to do, too. Right. So, I mean, boundaries maybe it's a little bit of, you know, the boundary of, is this something that's going to be harmful to me? Is this something that's going to, um, you know, be against my values? Those would be the boundaries that I would set. But other than that, sometimes it's good for me to push myself outside of the limits of what I'm comfortable with. And having those lived experiences that you can share with your kids instead of just saying that it's good to push yourself out of your comfort zone you can actually say remember that time I did fill in the blank and then you can actually show them that lived experience as opposed to just preaching to them about that's right so if I always said no to things that made me feel uncomfortable or a little bit nervous then I'd be missing out on a lot of things in my life too right so um, good messages for them too there's a, a common denominator with a couple of those things and it's me so I just need to clarify, I did not ask Melissa to MC my wedding. I was not one of those people, but I did no. ask you to do the podcast and I did ask you to do the fashion show. And you did ask me to do a Michael Jackson choreographed dance in front of an entire room full of people at your wedding. So yes, there have been a few things along the way. Uh, and I feel like people who are listening are going to be like, yeah, Sam asked me to do that too. And they're going to all be reflecting on the things that I put, I forced them to do. Yeah, that's right. Um, so what are the steps that you take, or maybe it's not even a conscious thing that you think about while you're doing it, but what are the steps that you would take to make those distinctions? So am I going to people please, am I going to do this as for me to push myself out of my comfort zone? Like what are the steps that you would take to, to keep that in check? I don't even know that I 
consciously do that. I just think that there's a, for me, it's a lot of gut feelings on things. Mm. It's that gut feeling of, can I do this? Is it something that I, you know, is, is it something that's going to be, you know, more harm than good for me? But I don't know that I really break that down necessarily. Um, Is it more like an after the fact thing? Like, I feel like when I'm, when I finish something, like you said, you know, you finished the emceeing and you're like, actually, okay, that wasn't so bad. I'm the queen, as you know, more than anyone probably of tra- talking myself out of things because, you know, I don't want to do it or whatever. Um, but is it more like after the fact where you say, you know, I really shouldn't have done that because I was doing it for the wrong reasons or I really am glad that I did that because it ended up benefiting me or how to, how do you... I'm thinking maybe you see the benefit after the fact as opposed to weighing it out before it even happens. I think you're absolutely right. And I think I can talk myself out of things, out of doing things, if I think about them too much, if that makes sense. So I don't understand what that is. (laughs) (laughs) So, for example, with my job, I applied for the senior probation officer job at my work. And I really drew from a lot of the things that mom would have told me about that when I was being even considering doing it or not. And, you know, just pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Don't overthink it too much. Just be yourself. Just if you had spent too much time thinking about that in advance, you probably would have talked yourself right out of it and not even applied. Absolutely. And I actually almost talked myself out of applying. So it worked out, you know, it works out well when you just kind of don't overthink that and just go for it. It's so funny, too, because as sisters, I'm just thinking like I would have if you had have, and I think you probably did talk to me about it before you applied. I probably would have said some of those things with mom in mind, obviously, too. Like this is what mom would have said is just be yourself. You've done this for years. You have the experience. Just trust that. Like all those things. But yet, if the shoe was on the other foot, you'd be the one saying it to me. So it's so easy to see it when it's like me looking out at you, applying for this job and giving you all of the positive self-talk. But then... Absolutely. You, it's so yeah. e- so much easier when you've got an arm's length and you can see... That's right. And, and someone and, else. And part of what I, part of what I do, and it, I don't know if it's connected to people pleasing, but one of the things that I try to do with everybody in my life is to, to show them all of their good qualities and all the things that they bring. Right. And, and yet it's hard to do for yourself sometimes. You just have to kind of, you know, remind yourself of those things that people have told you and believe it. Right. And sometimes it's hard to do. So, yeah. Which, Shameless plug, go back to the last episode where I talked about self-love <laughs> and my struggle with that. Um, yeah. And with, it's interesting because I feel like it just shifts when you have kids. Like, I don't have kids, so I don't know. But I just imagine that it just, even the self-love, not to get too far off topic, but would shift. Because like you said, you want to show, you want to show your kids what that looks like so that they can take it and run with it in their own lives. Right. And just modeling for me, modeling that has helped me with the people pleasing piece. So I don't want the kids to be those types of people who say yes to everything and, and don't take care of themselves first and don't consider what they need first. They need to know that I'm somebody who does that. Right. And, 
Um, one of the biggest lessons that I've had over the last, I would say, couple of years for sure is don't let yourself people please to the point where you've got nothing left in you. You've got nothing left for yourself. So it's like kind of giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and trying to help and help and help others all the time. And then you've got nothing left for you. So it's about kind of making sure that I, I give something back to myself every day, right? I do something little just for me. And that's really hard to do sometimes when you're tired and you've worked and you, you know, get supper and get the kids all settled. And then it's like, that's the time you need to kind of give back to yourself, right? And that's been hard to do. Yeah, especially in the current state of the world and all the, you know, grief and stress and, you know, for lack of a better word, drama, I guess, that we've all kind of been experiencing. I think that's harder to do, but still, and if not more important to do. That's right. And we're more limited with what we can do because we're not out. And for me, a big part of me is, is being social and being out around friends and that sort of thing and kind of being closed in at home and, um, in the space that I do a lot of my people pleasing is it it makes it harder to kind of fit in time for other things that make me kind of fill up a little bit too. Right. So it's made it a little more difficult and make that separation or set those boundaries, whatever that that would look like. That's right. And I'm just thinking too, I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm wondering what those look like for you. Like you said, being out and being social is one of the things, but what if, now without that option or hopefully soon with that option um what does that look like for you to take that time for yourself that's a big question because it is it's caused me to be a little bit more creative too right and as the kids have gotten older uh, it's been a little bit easier I can go out for walks and I can you know go outside in the yard and play with the dogs and just even being outside it's funny the small things that become really important when you're kind of in the situation where you're in lockdown and there's not a lot of options but just sitting out on the deck in the chair and taking in the you know the breeze and and listening to the birds I know it sounds extremely corny but I I, that's my time kids go to bed I go outside sometimes it's getting dark I look up at the sky and I just kind of hang out there and take a breath and pet the dog and and that's sometimes all I have right but it's still really important to me and it really helps me to kind of just reset after a whole day of doing for others so yeah it's those little things and I get that 100% and but what do you do in June when there's June bugs at night (laughs) it's like I want to sit outside and it's starting to get dark and I'm just like I can't do it right now because the friggin June bugs (laughs) yeah and I have not seen a single June bug at my house so I don't really (laughs) I haven't seen them but I've heard them I've heard them I know they're there (laughs) sorry um yeah and I feel like those little things because I I do it too and mine's more the morning like taking those couple minutes in the morning having my tea out on the deck and and listening to the birds like you're saying like all of that I just feel like the pandemic has amplified those things, which I think is a really good thing. It's forced us to like, you know, we were all doing puzzles, right? Like it's forced us to go back and like, what are those simple things that are going to help in our day to day? And I feel like that's maybe the best gift that the pandemic will have given to us. That's right. And spending time, more time at home and more time slowing down and and looking at the 
the small things as big things, right? And yeah. I mean, going to the park is a big thing now versus trying to plan like a big trip somewhere that the kids are going to just love. Like it just, it takes the pressure off a little bit too. And you can just kind of enjoy the smaller things too. Yeah. And I'm thinking of us going to Canberra Sands in March uh, for mom's birthday this year. And that I don't know, and maybe it would have happened, but I don't know if we would have put more pressure on ourselves to do something different or further away or, you know what I mean? Like make a bigger deal of it uh, had we had the option. Like I liked that we had that small space and just a short drive that we could just kind of go and be with her and appreciate those little things. Yes, for sure. And for me, I'm always, I know you know this about me, but I'm always a planner. So it's like, what's the next thing? What are we going to do now? What are we going to do while we're there? And it's like, it just forces you to say, you know what, there's nowhere to be and nothing to do. Let's just enjoy each other's company and, and think about mom. So it was really, really, really good for all of us, I think. Yeah, it was. And I'm a planner until I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I plan for work. So oftentimes, most times if I'm going away, I don't because it's like I have to turn my brain off and not plan so that that's been good that people are, are kind of going along that same route for sure. Let's go back to your kids for a sec because I think I'd like to bring on a special guest. So we talked a little bit about people pleasing as a mother and I would love to get the perspective of one of your kiddos. Lucian. So here he is in all his glory, <laughs> Lucian Murray. Hello, Luce. Yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Lucian, I'm curious to hear from your perspective. What does people pleasing mean to you? If I said I was a people pleaser, what does that mean to you? A lot. What does it mean? It means like you're kind, you're generous, and all that stuff. That's a right. answer. That's a really good answer. And so, do you think that you are a people pleaser? Sometimes. I'm curious, Melissa, from your perspective, if you have, if you agree, first of all, that he, that Lucian is a people pleaser. I absolutely agree. But to what end? Like, do you feel like it's all the time, or do you agree with Lucian that it's just sometimes? I think that Lucian is very, very correct that he is a people pleaser and he's kind and he likes to help others. He will help his daddy when he's barbecuing. He helps a lot with the dogs. He's very, very, very generous to other people. But I also know that he knows a limit. He has a limit to his people pleasing. So he, when we first move into our house, if his big brother was trying to get him to do things, he would always say yes. He would say, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. And now he's learned over time, if it's something that's not comfortable for him, he's able to say, no, I don't want to do that. And we've really witnessed a big change in him over the years with that, where he recognizes, hey, I don't always have to say yes, just because I want to make my brother happy. If it's not something that I don't, that I feel comfortable doing, then I'm going to be able to say no. Would you agree with that, buddy? Yep. So when do you think, Lucian, that that shifted for you? I don't know. 
And I think that's fair to say, because I don't know that it's always a conscious thing. I think sometimes those things just sort of happen over time because we get older and we start to learn what works for us and what doesn't. But it's very cool that you, because I don't want people to think people pleasing is always a negative thing. It's about finding that balance. So it's about People pleasing when it's good for you and you want to be generous and you want to give and you want to be kind, but then also setting those boundaries and knowing the difference. So um, when you need to draw that line, you're comfortable doing that. Yeah. And I think part of it for us as parents is kind of guiding that too a little bit. So it's a matter of pointing out those moments when it seems like, hey, Luce, you don't really look like you're having a good time there. Maybe you it's okay to say no it's okay to say this is not something that I'm comfortable with right so it's just about kind of learning that as you get older and older like you said but also just kind of helping guide that a little bit with as the kids grow up too I'm still learning it Lucian I'm a little (laughs) bit older than you I don't know if you knew that I'm a little bit older than you (laughs) yeah no I'm way older than you though (laughs) Uh, it's totally, it's totally right. It's like, I feel like it's a lifelong thing, but as you get older, you start to just put things into perspective and realize what's important. Saying no is one of the hardest things for me. How do you feel about saying no, Lush? It's easy. It's easy. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast. You're welcome. It's so funny to hear, I mean, it makes sense, but it's so funny to hear somebody say how easy it is to say no, because it's just not the case when you get older. That's right. It's very black and white for Lucian, right? If he, I mean, he will still say yes to some things that he really doesn't want to do, like, you know, go clean your room. He doesn't say no, but you're right. Like if it's something that just doesn't fit with what he feels in him, he just will say no. No, thank you. Right. And we, I have a very hard time saying that as well, still as a 41 year old woman. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I really, I really struggle with that one. I'm getting better though. I really am. And I, I start, I've started to recognize what it does for me, the benefit that it has for me when I do say no to something that's not aligned with, with my values or, you know, something that I just don't feel like doing. And for you, I think, too, that you just maybe don't have time for because I think you take on a lot of projects, which is really great. But it's nice to see you having that ability now to just say, you know what, I it's not going to be good for me at this time because I just I just don't have the time for it. Right. So and some of that comes back to what we've already talked about, which is. I would say I used to cram so much stuff in that I didn't allow for that downtime, but now I say no to things while allowing for the downtime if that makes sense absolutely and I've seen that I've seen that shift in you and I don't know when that would have happened and I don't know if you know the the COVID stuff has changed that or even a bigger impact of something like losing mom and realizing for me it's like realizing what's important and what the priorities are too right so I think it started when mom was sick for sure um I mean and now of course it would have been a little bit different, obviously, because I would have been saying no to things to allow that time with mom. But since she died, it's carried over into self-care, right? So taking the time that I would have maybe 
I sound like I do this all the time. I don't. I still have days where I don't take care of myself and all of that stuff. But I think the time that I would have been spending with mom, at first I was lost. I didn't know what to do with that time. But it's filling that time with stuff that's important to me. That's right. Yeah. Which is way easier said than done. And you lose perspective. Even though the perspective shifted quite suddenly for us uh, last March, you, I get a little frustrated with myself when I see myself losing that perspective a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So from one people pleaser to another, <laughs> thank you for joining me. I know it wasn't uh, in your comfort zone, but it was awesome. It was a great chat. Thank you for having me and I'm happy to please you. <laughs> Thanks again to my sister, Melissa, and my nephew, Lucian, for overthinking with me this week. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. 